You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. I want us to leave out of these doors in a few minutes and give our lives all this week just to help everybody. Sir, I could take you to men all over this room whose wives have gone home to be with the Lord and like to help her today, this week. And women, we have so many widows in our church that like to help a husband today. And families that have raised their kids, they'd like to have their kids home one more night and tuck them in bed maybe and help them. There are people in this very room that are going through tremendous adversity with health. My dear friend, Pastor Steve Nichols, his wife is in surgery today again. Just major surgeries. Just, just like that happened overnight. Been in a hospital all week, transferred to five different hospitals. Leg is one leg, blood clot from the ankle all the way up to the hip. Blood clots in her body. Prepared her with the surgery last night, prepared her for one more today, and, and just the beginning of so many things. Here's a healthy, strong lady, and all of a sudden, just in a moment's notice, everything changed. When we were in the hospital with my wife uh, these last uh, couple months here, and, and, and in the hospital, we found so many people we could help and try to help people and lead people to Christ. And we had uh, several saved. It's been such a joy to help people. I want to help this week. I want to help. I'm going to kindergarten graduation and thank you for a lot because I want to help those little kids. They're our kids. I want to help the mamas and the daddies and the grandmas and grandpas. I want to go to junior high. Those kids that are in between all these, not elementary, not high school, but here they are. I want to help those kids. I want to, this, our senior class, I was walking, watching these boys coming down here today after singing the choir, our senior class boys and girls are so amazing. I want to help those kids. I want to help the college kids. I want to help the single adult. I want to help the down and out. I'd like to help the drunks this week and the dope addicts and, and the people that are living in sin and wicked. They're people. I want you to see this morning the message. If I can help somebody, I want to help somebody Life is not about me. I want you to say that with me. Are you ready? Life is not about me. Say it again. Life is not about Sir, would you believe that in your home it's not about you? It's not about you, dear lady. It's not about you kids. Life is about a family unit and living together and pulling together and walking together in Amos 3, 3, 2, walking together in harmony, a oneness. You have neighbors I hope you're kind to your neighbors. I hope your neighbors think you're wonderful people. Everywhere you go this week, you'll have a tendency, and so will I, could you help me? But life is not, can you help me? Life is about, can I help you? Our Lord is the greatest example of this. And I want you to see with me some things about our Lord today in Mark chapter three, how he lived his life for others. He entered again into the synagogue there was a man which had a withered hand. We'll go through this text, but I want you to see 
This man had a defection. There's so many people that have defections in their life. Oh, their defection may not be a physical one. It may be a spiritual defection. Well, those people, they deserve to leave our church. They're no good anyway. No, there's some spiritual defection. Uh, There's some physical defection. I must admit, in the last three years, I've not been much in hospitals because they never allowed us in. We're still outside. The nursing home right next to the church, we're still not back in that. We're back in, I listed them in the bulletin, I think about 15 nursing homes having services every week. I've lived my ministry in nursing homes and in hospital beds. But I want you to know the one that always grieved me so much was going to those children's hospitals, going to Stanford University and, and going up there to the children's hospital in Oakland. And you think of all the mothers that today will spend all 24 hours with that little 18-month-old that has cancer. That little child that has an amputation. And you know how a mother and a father suffering dad has to keep bread on the table. He's got to go to work. And mom's in that hospital. She's worn out. You know how many people here in this nation have sorrows. There's spiritual spiritual withered uh, uh, hearts and lives. There's spiritual and physical withered hands. There's social people say, I don't fit in anywhere. Start to help people, you would. Look all around you. Find someone in need. Help somebody today. Though it be small, some neighborly need. I don't say this word old man disrespectfully, but this dear old man, my father, used to sit right over here in this section. My mother and dad are with the Lord. He would bring candy, little hard cinnamon candy, give it to the kids. I said, now, Dad, children can choke on that. You can't do that anymore. And so he didn't do that. He got some other kind of, I said, now, Dad, that's soft candy. Now, those mothers may not want that. You just got to be careful, candy. And so, okay, so then I finally gave up. He started bringing quarters. That's it. That's a, that's real smart. He never gave me a quarter in my life, Brother John, not one. But all these little kids would go see him. And Grandpa Trapo would give him quarters. When a teenager, a lot of times on Wednesday nights, teenagers sing in this pulpit other times as well. But don't just sit there like a bump on the log. You smile, you amen. You find them afterwards and say, you did a good job. Life is about finding people that made me feel like I'm, I'm nothing. I'm alone in life. Nobody wants me. I'm, I'm telling you what, everybody's somebody. What's your withered hand? Is it physical? Is it mental? Is it spiritual? Is it academic? Is it financial? Everybody has withered hands. All of us have defections. And if we're not careful, we see the defections. Yeah, I know what your problem is. And I know what your problem is. And I, Well, if you know what their problem is, go help them. Well, I know what my wife's problem is. I tell you what, that lady, nobody could live with her. Then you chose her, live with her. Help her. I can't imagine. My wife, I'm so... I'm weary with the fact of her apologizing to me. I'm so sorry you have to do all this help. Are you kidding me? 
I'm having the greatest moment of my life. A lady who's waited on me and been patient with me for 50 years, who's cared for me, who's fed me, who's ironed for me, who's clean, clean, cleaned the house and cleaned my house and raised our kids and everything has been for this church and loving this church and loving these people. Are you kidding me? I get two months to help you and, and you think that you're a bother to me? What a blessing she is. What a help she is. And I feel badly that 50 years times 12 months, whatever that has been, plus all those months that she served me, it is an honor. Dad, you have a few minutes? No, I don't. I'm kind of busy, right? Oh, yes, you do. Sit down. Don't stand up over. Oh, I never talked to your children, little children. I'm up here. They're down there. I always get down like this. I don't know how I'm going to get back up. <laughs> and I try to talk to them eyeball to eyeball. One little girl in children's church today, I was walking over here. She goes, I said, you don't. She goes, I saw you twice this week. I said, I like that. I said, what happened to that tooth? She said, I lost it. I said, you get any money? The tooth fairy came twice. Man, I'll lose teeth if the, whoever that parent is. I'll, twice? I said, twice? You've got to be. Twice? Yes. Three weeks ago in elementary chap, I always ask the kids how much, how much they get. Some of you are cheapskates. <laughs> you know, a dime, that was like 1951. <laughs> Quarter was about 1961. Come on, folks. But this little kid lost a tooth, I think about a fourth grader. I said, get any money? 50 bucks. Would you please adopt me? <laughs> now, why am I staying down here? Because I don't know how to get back up. Here we go. Do you know that, friend? Everybody needs to be helped because everybody has defections. Everybody does. This man had a withered hand. But I want you to notice not only was there a defection. Do you see it? There was a detection. Our Lord saw it. And they watched him, whether he would heal him on the Sabbath day, that they might accuse him. And he said unto the man which had the withered hand. In other words, he, he, he detected there was something wrong. I've gone through, and you can get the exact number. It's about a hundred times in the four Gospels I saw that the Bible says, and Jesus saw. And Jesus saw. He went around looking all the time. Maybe we, this week go around looking for needs for people. How can I help? How can I hold the door? How can I help with the groceries? How can I let someone go in front of me? How can I help with a special need? How can I do something for my wife without being told? How can I help my husband? How can I help my children? How can I help the work of God? How can I help someone that's going through a hard time? May I tell you something? We have to live with the idea of not just seeing the defection, but detecting that I can do something. And Jesus saw the multitudes, and he was moved with compassion. And Jesus saw Nathaniel under the fig tree and called him to be a disciple. And Jesus saw a blind man. And Jesus saw a blind Bartimaeus. And Jesus saw a leper. And Jesus saw Mark chapter 5, the maniac of Gadara. And Jesus saw the widow lady. And she'd already buried her husband. And now she's burying her son. And oh, how he wept. He stopped the funeral and he brought him back to life. Jesus saw two sisters, Mar Mary and Martha. He saw they were weeping. 
Their brother Lazarus had just died. And they said, oh, if you had been here, he could have been alive. And Jesus said, he's not. And they said, oh, yes, he is dead. He died four days ago. If you'd have just been here. Oh, Jesus turned. And the Bible, two words, the smallest verse in the Bible, Jesus wept. Because he saw how broken their hearts and he raised them to life again. Jesus saw little children and the disciples said, no, 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 don't bother him with those little kids. And Jesus said in Matthew 19, suffer or allow those little kids to come to me for such is the kingdom of heaven. Jesus saw a woman taken in adultery. They came to accuse her and Jesus said, wrote in the ground and he said, neither do I condemn thee. Woman, go and sin no more. Jesus saw another woman and she goes, well, I'm not married. He goes, you're right there. You've been married to five men and the man that you're now living with is not your husband. But he helped her. He helped her. Why? Because his eyes, Pat Carr, years ago, over 45 years, I had you sing that song. Everywhere he went, he was doing good. He saw the blind man. He saw the lame man. Everybody he saw, I'm going to help him. I want to help that man so very much today, this week. That man grew up here, and I had the blessing to be his children's grandfather. And I don't want to help him just because of that, that that's part of it. I want to help that man right there. Your wife grew up here, and I remember your church, we started that church in Colorado, in Connecticut, helped support it. And what a blessing. I, I, I met this man in the Philippines the first time, 30 years ago, I'd guess. As a young man, I, I, I watched him work with people. I remember his parents getting married and his siblings being bored. I remember standing at the funeral of his brother, Jacob. There's a whole world out here. If we could just open our eyes, just look at our family, what could I do? Fellows, I, I, your wife would say, I wish you'd clean the carport. I wish you'd clean the car. I wish you'd clean the garage. I wish you'd do this. Could you, then just go do it. Okay, I'm out here doing what the, you know, you told me what to do. I'm cleaning, the, cleaning this area for you. If you want to eat, you're cleaning it for yourself, quite frankly, fella. Isn't it amazing how that Jesus detected he had a withered hand? And isn't it amazing that, that Jesus saw the defection? God wants to keep our eyes open. God wants us to look and see the needs Jesus saw. Can't you see these people that are without Christ, how, how awful their life must be? How awful it must be without Christ, no hope. I want to say thirdly, not only did he see a defection in this man, and he, he detected a defection in this man, but he saw the man was dejected. In verse 2, they watched him whether they'd heal, that they might accuse him. I talked to sometimes, some, I was talking with somebody recently and they had lost their teeth. 
And it just broke my heart. I, I wish I could figure out some way to help them. And, and they kept talking to me like this. You know, Pastor Treber, you know, and I knew it was behind. You could see it. I've tried to figure out what can I do to help them. People, people know when they have defections. Normally they feel very guilty and very, very bothered by their defection. Have you ever watched a person with a defection and they try to deal with it? I think, fellas, I'll put this microphone right here. And I hope I don't drive you crazy. As a preacher, I like to wear a tie. Let's say this right hand, not right-handed, was withered. You know, maybe, maybe what I would do if it was withered, I'd do like this. And hide it. I would not want, maybe I'm too proud, my wife to tie my tie. I tie a double Windsor knot. I like a double Windsor. So now I've got to come around the back of this thing. And I might be saying right now, Jack, you're such a terrible, dumb jerk. Got it around. And I lost it. And I didn't try to lose it. And eventually I give up. so worthless. No, no good to anybody. I don't even have a hand that works. I, I'm of no value. We have people all over this world living in wheelchairs. They are valuable. Amen. And on canes and on walkers. Some have gone beyond that to nursing homes and they cannot get out of bed. Do you know how de 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 dejected some people, that, uh, these people were mad. They were trying to find some fault with Jesus. Okay, he's going to try to help this man on, on the Sabbath. So, the man needs help. Well, this guy's a drunk because he just squanders his money. Well, sure he does. So don't give him money so he can squander more. Buy him a meal. Sit down and talk to him and say, okay, now how long have you, don't talk to him. How long have you had this disease? It's not a disease, it's a sin. 
Well, you're not helping that guy. It is a sin to be drunk. Hey, maybe you know the fellow. Tell me about life. Where'd you grow up? He is a person. He's probably somebody's dad. He deserves to be that. If he is that dumb that he drinks liquor. No, liquor has a hold of him. And some get so judgmental over somebody else because, well, Jesus shouldn't be healing on this side. Well, we shouldn't be talking to drunks. We should not be talking to, hey, listen, I believe this whole transgender movement is vile. It's filthy. It's a destruction of the male and female and the home and marriage. And it's blasphemy against God. But I tell you what, I've passed more tracks probably than you have to sodomites. So while the Bible says they're given over to reprobate mind, well, good. I know we can all explain what that means, but maybe, just maybe, somehow we could reach somebody. And maybe we could look at the fact that that is some lady's son or daughter. I'm not justifying the sin, but everybody, everybody has a soul that's going to live forever. They're going to go to heaven or hell. Why in the world cannot we defect and deceive the defection that's in people and do something about it and help people? I've tried tying that tie many times this week thinking, could I get, I never got it. Like this drunk is probably never going to get, you, you name the program, he's probably never going to have victory until Jesus comes into his life. Oh, what a difference when Jesus passed by. You know, today, friend, I'm, I'm out of time, but I'm not done, so we'll just keep going, but I'll, I'll get done in a minute. Look at, lastly, he was delivered. Look at verse 5. The latter part, his hand was restored and whole. You see, this man had a, a hand that was withered, but did you notice in verse number 5, those people had hearts that were hard. You know why we don't want to helped the weather because our hearts are hard. I want to thank you so much, Brother Flood, for running those buses. I love the bus ministry. I love those kids. Uh, every week, wherever I go, I always pass tracks, and there's never a week goes by that someone doesn't say, I rode the bus. I'm 40 years of old age now. I'm 50 years of age. I'm 60 years of age. I'm 30 years, I'm 20, uh, every, every week someone said, I rode those buses. I was witnessing a man stop by my house to do some work the other day, and I said, and he goes, I rode those buses. Happens all, we, we were walking to Home Depot, we passed a track, the guy said, I'm a, a man with children now, I, I rode those buses. I, I was up uh, uh, and, and at an activity, and, uh, and, a, uh, uh, and I passed a track to the general manager, and he goes, guess what? I rode bus 11A. And I didn't know it, but 11B, a girl rode that bus. She became my wife. We have, I think it's four or five kids now saved. I got saved. You baptized me. I remember the room. And when we talked all about it, he goes, I got saved and baptized at that church, your church. We're never going to legislate through Congress to love one another. And I tell you what, when God gets in your heart, red, yellow, black, brown, white, sinner, vile, filthy, dirty, wretched, weathered, whatever it might be, you want to help somebody. Amen. You just want to help 
somebody. Jesus came by and he delivered them. You know, what a joy it is to try to help people. Today as we close, I, I have more I want to say, but I think we've said enough. The Salvation Army, so many years ago, began as what the first word is about, salvation. It was not a food distribution. It was not a clothing distribution. It was General Booth and his wife, and he would preach on the streets of city. They would ring a bell and try to gather people, and he'd preach about So He went no, 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 normally to the slums, and he went to the alcoholics and what we call the skid rows when I was growing up. He'd go there and preach to the down and outers. And his wife would get right next to those drunken women and even drunken men and sit on street corners and would help them and bring them to Christ. The old Salvation Army. They, when I saw his will not long ago, when he left his children, he didn't have money. It was almost nil to nothing. I don't think it would come up to $1,000 for all of his children. It, a different era, I know. But they didn't own anything. They didn't have anything. But he preached the gospel on the streets all over America and expanded it around the world. The big convention was being held, and I want to say if I remember, I read it years ago in Chicago, 5,000 delegates came, and they, they said, though he's old and aged, General Booth will be speaking to us on Monday night. The convention hall was filled with 5,000 people. They walked and they had services and walked to that pulpit and preached that night. But he said, General Booth is too sick. He won't be here. But by God's grace, he's told us to hold on because tomorrow night he's coming. And then it come Tuesday night. This had come Wednesday. And he could not come. On Thursday night, he could not come. And they said, sent word, you're too weak. You're too feeble to come. But could you send us a message that we'll read on Friday night? The closing night of the convention, he wrote a, a, a message to all the delegates. It was folded and sealed in an envelope. That night, the big convention hall, they said, we close the services this week. We have a letter from General Booth. He has written a personal letter to you and to I, each of us today, that we might hear perhaps the very last things he wants us to know. And I'm excited to have it brought. And the usher began to come and said, thank you, sir. Took the envelope and opened it up. He unfolded the paper. It was addressed to the delegates. And it said this. Others. Others, General Booth. Others, Lord. Yes, others. Let this my motto. He didn't write this. He just had one word. Others, Lord. Yes, others. Let this my motto be. Help me to live for others that I might live for thee. I wonder what would happen if we released an army in these balconies, this lower floor, and those that watch today just released us all to look to help everybody. I, I try to smile at everybody. I, I, I try to talk to everybody. I try to say hello to everybody. 
yesterday morning because Tiffany was here. It was the first time I, I went to, I had a gift card and I went to the coffee shop and got a cup of coffee. It's the first time I've been in a coffee shop in two months. And you know, I go to those coffee shops with one, whenever I have gift cards, especially or cash, I go always looking for someone. There's never a police officer in my vicinity that's in there that I, I, I pay for. Is if it's five or ten of them or eight of them or seven of them, I'll pay for all of them. Church pays for that? No, I pay for that. And, and they always will say, thank you. And it's just so, I said, no, we're thanking you. I'm the pastor over here at North Valley. We're so very grateful for what you do for us. It's not we're grateful what you pigs do for us. We're grateful what you, you know, those, those doctors and nurses in the hospital. I told you this fall, we're having a, we're, we, we got almost 100 people in our church and hospitals and, and nursing facilities. Those people, I know once in a while you might get a grump. Like you have grumpy pastors. Those doctors were so patient with us. I'd look at every one, starting with the very first one, Dr. Thomas, an Indian man. I said, you're working on a very special lady. Please give her all the care you can. He was a Christian. Eh? We had prayer. I, he said, I will pastor. My dad's a pastor in India, a Baptist pastor, he said. Those surgeons, the first surgery came by and they all were there. I said, okay, we're gonna, you're going to take her. And nurses and doctors, I, I want you to know you're with a very special, special lady. She's been my wife 50 years. Please take care of her. I said, let's have prayer. And we bowed our heads and I prayed. The next surgery, we bowed heads and prayed. Those doctors, they, second time she came, they, they come from other buildings to see her. Well, I got a lousy doctor. Well, there might be a lousy doctor, but I tell you what, they're great people. That dumb mechanic fixed my car. Hey, you know what? You had to have a mechanic because you don't have the smarts to fix it yourself. If I can't turn on a dishwasher, let's stand together. I'm out of time. I'm just saying today, can't we help, can't we help some people? Can't you help your little brother? Can't you help your little sister? You, you put it in, in perspective. If your little brother suddenly was in the hospital tonight, clinging for life, would you be happy with the last conversation? Please look here. One of the great heroes of my life is Brother Bud Silva, pastors in Santa Maria. There's a whole bunch of us that have pastored our churches for decades. And I remember the day that his wife and two of his three children and all the other eight children, I believe, that was in the van a semi-truck hit him head on near Avenal and killed everybody but his daughter, Charity, who's now a preacher's wife. 
He's written the book, Magnified. It's in our bookstore. I, I, I can remember that accident. I can remember those pictures. I admire that man so much. Because in all of his brokenness, he never charged God foolishly. I think nine that day died, and if I'm not sure, I think it was nine little caskets and his wife. His church was running about 18. <laughs> but he's given himself, they have a, a large now Spanish ministry. And he doesn't speak Spanish, but he loves Spanish people. He loves the bus kids. Can't you, can't we just all leave here and help people? Jesus saw with a hand. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.